Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Yeah. Fuck us, it's Friday. It is. Hey, it's happy hour time. It is. Oh, this one is, this is fantastic. Because as you know, justice is coming and so am I. Uh-huh. Uh, right? I just did. Okay. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So Watergate prosecutor Jill Weinbanks uh, talk all things uh, justice and her co-host from iGen Politics, Victor Shi, right. who is the official stem cell uh-huh. of the Stephanie Miller show. He's very young. Yes. It's a double it's a double header. Yep. And I, you know, I believe children of the future because this that. this place here, this whole it's vaginal. A, it's a rocky you, place where no man's seed can yeah, find purchase for so many reasons. My abhorrent personality, my clit licking, my, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. Oh, if I what what did the, what did some that not so fresh feeling maybe? What did, oh, someone called me a ditch licker on Twitter yeah. this week. Hi. Um does anybody want to lick your ditch? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> My point is, I there's nothing going on down there, but he gives me hope for the future. I didn't he, I didn't push him out of my own vajayjay, mm-hmm. but uh he is out there, man. Uh just uh, talking about uh, talking to Gen Z about the issues that are important and uh, getting Biden Harris reelected and to that I say Bully on you, sir. Woo. I say with my crusty old vagina, bully on you. Crusty old ditch. Okay, you know what? <laughs> what? Just enjoy happy hour. Ignore him. OMG, I am so excited about our new sponsor, Cook Unity. These are ready-cooked meals. You want to know my first six? Grilled mahi-mahi with oyster mushrooms and steamed rice. <gasps> Vegan rigatoni pesto. Four cheese ravioli with cherry tomatoes and spinach. Hang on. Climate-friendly chickpea and quinoa bowl. Classic salad nichois. Lemon-baked tilapia. I don't have time to cook. These, you just pop them in the microwave. Bam, you're done. Go to cookunity.com liberal. You will not believe the quality and the, the, the quantity of different of choices that you have. Whatever you need. Vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free. Whatever you love, they have a delicious dish. Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it's cheaper than other delivery options. So delicious and no cooking required. I love that on work nights for me. Go to cookunity.com liberal or enter the code liberal before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code liberal or going to cookunity.com liberal. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, 
We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I believe the children are our future. Particularly the ones uh, that host uh, uh, iGen Politics with Jill Weinberg. That's right. Victor She. Yay, Victor. Yay. Good morning. Hi, Victor. Hi Thanks. there. Thanks so much. It's raining, but it, it's all good because I get to see you. I yes. know. I know. Exactly. Well, I got to tell you, you wrote a piece that I saved because I love your stuff so much. Where you said, ignore the polling panic. Why I'm confident Gen Z will elect uh, Joe Biden again. And on cue, new CBS poll has Joe Biden carrying young voters by 27 points. Uh, this one, he's leading uh, Trump by 62 to 35 percent. Um, and again, you know, this is uh, uh, another uh, this tweet says, yet the media keeps pushing this insane narrative about Gen Z supporting Trump. I mean, I, it really is. I, we are fighting another battle against the media, aren't we? We so are. I mean, the, the headlines and the polls have been so inaccurate and they try to paint this narrative, that, like you said, and like I wrote in that piece, that Gen Z is somehow losing or that, you know, Donald Trump is getting the support of Gen Zers. I mean, that's simply not the case. You look at Iowa, for instance, last week and Trump got 51 percent of the total vote. But when you look at the number of um, young people who actually voted for him, it was only 21 percent of young people who voted for him. I would suppose that's still too high for uh, my liking, but it's still, I mean, he, he's losing support among young people. Young people know who Donald Trump is. And if there's any poll out there that shows that Donald Trump is leading with the youth, well, I think it's um, worth it to kind of view it with a skeptical eye. And, and a lot of those polls that we're seeing from you know, New York Times and from a lot of yeah. other outlets, the only way they um, use to reach out to voters is by phone calling. And, you know, Thank I think you. anyone who knows a young person in their life would know that it's hard to get them to pick up a phone from a random person. Oh, you can um, even call on, your, on their cell phone and exactly. not a right, landline. Right. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's the only way that they're reaching out to younger voters. But when then when you look at polls that actually use um, a wide array of polling yeah. um, methods, like online surveys, text messages, they have young people up 20, 30 points, um, same as it was in 2020. And so I, I'm not so concerned. You know, that doesn't mean we don't, don't have work left, but it's, it's I think, you know, we don't have to yeah. pay attention to some yeah. of those polls that are, I think, causing us to feel doom and gloom. Our uh, our youngin that uh, works with us, uh, Sean Comiskey, who yeah. <laughs> I never forget the first time he said, "You you called me, don't <laughs> don't do that, just text me." Yeah. Just... <laughs> it's like he's like grandma. No, no, don't. <laughs> um, yeah, you um you said you've been doing you know a lot of this media criticism which I love. You just said, "Hey, NBC and the New York Times, you wrote that Donald Trump appeared to have mixed up Nikki Haley for Nancy Pelosi." You know, he did mix them up. Your inability to clearly call out Trump's gaffes and your incessant focus on President Biden is getting uh, really effing exhausting. I mean, that's the thing. I don't care about age, Victor. It's like we're taking crazy pills. You you've been to the yeah. White House several times. You've seen Biden speak. I have yet to, to understand what they're talking about. He's riding his bike. He's doing, you know, one-legged, you know, uh, stretches, <laughs> which I can't even do. And here Trump is just <laughs> a sweaty, incoherent, demented mess. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it feels like, I feel like just now they're starting to kind of cover it. Because how can you ignore it? Because it wasn't like right. one time he said the Nikki Haley thing over and over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, it does feel like the media is out to get Biden at any chance they get. And I, I just can't help but think about it. there was this one really great analysis by Media Matters that looked at how much time 
all the cable networks focused on Biden's age versus Trump's age. And they yeah. focus on Biden's age way more. than, And it wasn't just like double, triple. It was like quadruple, you know, five times, six times the amount of um, coverage they spent on Biden's age compared to Trump's age. But it's, I mean, the same with, you know, just like simple headlines and, and, and things that they use to kind of phrase their articles. I mean, like that tweet said, I mean, appears to have. I mean, he did mix up yeah. uh, Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. And I, I don't know why the media can't just call out like that. Um, because we know that if Biden did the same, they would be all up against you. you know, they, they would be calling him out um, at every turn that they can. So I think there's just this double standard. I don't know if it's because Biden looks old, but it, it's 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 to me really disturbing. And I yeah. think um, one of the kind of most dangerous signs of the fact that our media still hasn't learned compared to 2016 and 2020. You know, and as we were talking about a, a recent discussion with uh, Rachel Bittacoffer, who you know, but just about yeah. polling. Yeah. You know, the Republicans tend to just be so much more tribal than we are. Like they were saying, like totally, his base just yeah. never, even during COVID, when he did a provably disastrous job, they're like, nope, he's doing a great job. You know, like, and they yeah. were, she was talking about how the minute Biden took office, you know, they said, oh, the economy's terrible. I mean, it's just so part of it, like the polling, who cares? Like they're so tribal right. that they're never going to say Trump did anything wrong or Biden did anything right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they're, they're out to get Biden. I, I, I truly believe that. And you look at even, I mean, what's happening in, or what happened last week with the um, immigration deal in the House. I mean, they said point blank, and Speaker Mike Johnson said point blank after receiving a bipartisan immigration deal that he doesn't want to act because President Biden is the person who is in the White House. There's just this kind of refusal to do anything because it's a Democrat in the White House. And you're right. I mean, they, they aren't afraid to say that out loud. And, and I hope that everyone actively is root against America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I've never seen actively a victory. Rooting against America because of politics, because of the person who's occupying the White House. And, you know, Jill and I, we have this conversation so much about just how different times are now compared to just 60, 50 years ago, when there was a sense of bipartisanship that you could put politics aside. But now there doesn't seem to be any of that whatsoever. And I hope that when people find you know, someone to blame. They aren't blaming President Biden for what's going on. They're looking at what you know Speaker Johnson's doing, what House Republicans are doing, and they're blaming them um, because they're truly, I think, the ones to blame here. Well, this is what I love about your, you know, positive energy, just in person on your podcast on Twitter. You know, yeah. you said President Biden entered office facing numerous challenges, a broken government from the previous administration, a nation divided after a president who denied the 2020 election and incited an insurrection, a nationwide pandemic, a shattered image at home and abroad because of Trump. I mean, exactly. Those of us that believe in facts know what a hot mess Trump left behind. And you said if anyone could fix our nation's challenges and make the progress we needed, it was President Biden. He had the experience. He had the compassion. He had the leadership skills necessary for the moment. And boy, did he rise to the occasion and prove naysayers wrong. Um, I mean, we just keep saying like... eh, Democrat, we don't tend to be as tribal. You know, we tend to criticize our own when we feel it's necessary. But it's hard to argue with these economic numbers, isn't it? It's like the yeah. math is, you know, it's not, the as I call it, one of the BS subjects that you can just fill out. Do you have blue books still? Do you fill out the blue book? <laughs> yeah, we still blue books, actually. You do? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you said because of you also tweeted because of President Biden, we're now in one of the biggest economic booms and booms yeah. in recent history. Over 14 million jobs added, historic low unemployment, wages up, inflation falling, consumer confidence sky high, historic small business creation. Bidenomics is working. I mean, I I don't know why we just don't keep putting up the graph. That Donald Trump's the only president right, that lost right. jobs. Yeah. Look at the graph. Yeah. He's he lost jobs. How is that yeah. that guy even in the running for president? Forget yeah, everything I, I, else, I right? I mean, 
the fact that we're even talking about a possible second Donald Trump term is is revolting and, and so mind-boggling on every level. But, you know, I want to go back to something that you said, which is just all that President Biden has accomplished. And look, I was actually, you know, I supported President Biden in the prime, or I guess then candidate Joe Biden in the yeah. primaries. And he, you know, he ran a campaign all about unity and trying to fix government and him being sort of the bipartisan fix that government needs. And I was honestly a little bit skeptical when he um, said that. I, I didn't think that he would be as historic as he as he you know currently is but he clearly is and i think it's really worth it to just take a step back and look at everything he's gotten done you know over the past weekend um it was a three-year anniversary since he got inaugurated and you just look at everything he's passed from you know a bipartisan infrastructure act which trump tried to do but he couldn't you look at the inflation reduction act lowering the price of insulin student loan relief i mean it can go on and on and on and at some point you just have to you know whatever criticism you have of president biden you just have to step back and look at the two choices yeah in and front student, of you student and, and loan, just look at student, student loan student debt relief i had a totally. schedule right yeah yeah i had a schedule and he found a way to do it even despite this far-right supreme court and i, I think it's really worth praising um, on many levels, you know, he has not been a perfect president. No president is perfect, right. but he has gotten so much done for just ordinary Americans. And I would say even for, you know, all Americans, I mean, you see Republicans touting the Inflation Reduction Act and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act when they all voted against it, you know, I mean, yeah. so these Republicans know how beneficial these policies are for their constituents. And uh, I think we have to start saying it's because of President Biden. Yeah. We have to be proud and loud well, about that going into this election. You made a good point about it, too, Victor, on uh, Twitter. You said despite having a narrow majority, I mean, what he's done without those majority, I mean, people talk about LBJ yeah. or whatever. And do you know the majorities he had? I mean, you yeah. said despite having a narrow majority in the House and a tied Senate during the first term, he managed to pass, as you said, inflation reduction, historic climate change investment, lowered the cost of intel, insulin, bipartisan infrastructure at CHIPS and Science Act, gun reform and more. I mean, I think, you know, back in the lens of history, Victor, it's going to be extraordinary what he accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really think generations to come are going to read sort of this presidency as both, you know, what are the factors that led into this presidency? And, you know, we mentioned January 6th, this you know, shattered image, both domestically and abroad, how President Biden was able to fix those things and then also build on those things by passing these historic measures. And, you know, I really think it's it's a presidency that's going to go down in history as, as one of the best um, in modern history. And, and I, you know, I, I loved Obama, but I really think that this presidency for so many kind of reasons and from you know a narrow senate to all of these things i mean they've gotten so much passed on such a you know small little margin and i yeah. think that's uh really gonna be studied for for decades to come victor i'm sure you've been asked this a million times how big is gaza going to be an issue for young people uh you know in a well not quite yeah. a year yet but uh, obviously at election time because it i guess it's heartbreaking to those of us that <laughs> watched you know george bush get us into an illegal war you know attack right, the wrong right. country <laughs> didn't attack us in 9-11 to kind of go you know biden i think is doing the best he can in a just a horrifically difficult situation it's right. not his war he didn't get us into it american troops you know people people made analogies to vietnam i'm like huh <laughs> like you know i I, I hate Hamas and Netanyahu, you know what I mean? But, like, I feel like, you know, yeah. he, he's trying to manage this the best he can. And it, it, it's it, it, the whole situation is heartbreaking to most all of us decent people right. in this country. But talk to us yeah, about that yeah. a little bit. It, it, it is definitely heartbreaking. You know, being on college campus, I have friends who are both Muslim and Jewish. And I can tell you, I mean, the, the, the general feeling is just one of, you know, they're, they're scared. They're in fear. I, you know, no one should have to live with this. You know, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia are both on the rise on yeah. college campuses across America. 
Um, and, you know, this is a big issue for a lot of people. Like you said, you know, we don't like, like to see war. We don't like to see people dying for no reason. And I think it's important to always center sort of the human aspect of um, what's happening right now. And, and I agree with you. I think Biden's doing the best he can. I think there's a lot of things that, you know, again, he hasn't been perfect with his response. But there was a piece that was uh, written in The Wall Street Journal yesterday about how um, President Biden is putting pressure on Netanyahu. He's doing the best he can to, I think, yeah. go behind the scenes diplomatically and do it in sort of that way, which I know is unsatisfying to a lot of people, but he is trying to work out these deals. As we all remember, there was a humanitarian pause for a little bit, getting aid into Gaza, getting hostages out. That worked for a little bit, and then Hamas broke that. And so I think it's hard to deal with sort of what's going on on the ground yeah. right now, but you know, we, we hope that uh, you know this is going to be solved hopefully soon. Um, yeah. And, and the way you know, it's, I think the closer... Yeah, and, go ahead. And your way, the, the way it's, you know, echoing here in America and, as you say, right. particularly on college campuses, right. I mean, you know, it's heartbreaking the, the stories, of, as you say, a lot of the Jewish students that are terrified and under attack. And I watched an interview with this poor Palestinian kid that's in a wheelchair now, yeah. you know, that yeah. got shot for, you know, wearing the, the traditional... I mean, it's just, uh, you know, that's what made, that's so yeah. senseless to me. Like, what, what is that going? None of those people that are being attacked here have anything to do with Middle East policy right. on either side, right. right? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to be critical about Netanyahu and we have to be able to separate out the Jewish people and the people in Israel from Netanyahu, which I don't think speaks for yeah. most Jewish people. I mean, he's been, his administration, I think, has been really bad for most Jewish people, and most Jewish people don't like him. And no. so I think it's important to separate that. It's also important to separate Hamas from Palestinians. You know, Hamas is a terrorist organization, and they don't represent most Palestinian lives. And I think we just have to be clear about that. And, and one thing about sort of what this administration has done in regards to the Islamophobia and also the anti-Semitism, I mean, they've really gone to college campuses and listened. Um, the second gentleman has been one of the best, I think, surrogates yeah. for combating anti-Semitism. Um, President Biden has sent surrogates out to, um, you know, Michigan and other places where um, the Muslim populations are high. And, and he, they've listened to them and they've really understood their concerns. The administration I've heard is doing calls with them. Um, uh, senior, you know, Arab and Muslim officials to yeah. get really understand their perspective. And I think it's important that they're listening. And, um, you know, there was this one moment where I think President Biden made some mistake, but he apologized afterward. I right. thought that was an important moment for a leader. You know, he made a mistake, but then he apologized. I think that's important. Well, humility. That's, new. that's yeah. new in American wow. politics. Wow. Okay. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joe Weinbanks. 
morning. You can't see me, but I'm dancing. <laughs> I got to listen to sisters-in-law on my. Uh, I had a long plane flight, and I was uh, listening to sister. And I, I heard about you. Uh, it was too cold for your anniversary to uh, Mr. Banks. So you snuggled in front of a fire with your Dalmatian and your. <laughs> I love what your. Could have been, it couldn't have been better. It was perfect. What Aww. can I say? Aww. And eventually it'll warm, and we'll go out to dinner. There you go. Um, Jill, so I was listening also to your discussion about this Fonnie Willis uh, nonsense. Um, You tweeted, may or may not be true, but even if true, it does not impact the evidence or guilt uh, or their legal right to proceed with the case. They are on the same side. There's no conflict of interest. You said there's no evidence Willis or Wade has violated any law or ethics standard. There there are judgment questions, but nothing alleged impacts the prosecution in Georgia. The law and the evidence uh, justify it continuing. I mean, again, as you I think as you guys were saying, again, we don't even know, is this true? And secondly, I don't understand how it's anyone's business or how it impacts the case, as you sort of um, talked about. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think what I said and that you summarized is really exactly how I feel about it. This has nothing to do with the case. It is embarrassing. And I, I would have to say they now say that there are bank records that show he purchased um, tickets for them, which makes it seem like it's probably true. And so what? Who cares? (laughs) Thank you. They are on the same side. They have nothing to do with the case. And there is no allegation that either of them has in any way faltered in their public responsibilities to see justice done and the law of Georgia enforced. So I just don't see the problem. It's it's really yeah. it is a question of judgment. Voters can take that into account when they come to uh, reelect her. That's that's up to the voters. But in terms of a court and the judge and proceeding, this will be thrown out. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about uh, E. Jean Carroll trial. I mean, good Lord. So Alina Haba, who was uh, beside Trump wearing a mask, tells the court she has a fever. So it's obviously delayed now till Wednesday. So you've got Trump whining (laughs) when it was his side, right, that asked for the delay. They were offered the option, right, to to go ahead, right, because one of the jurors was also sick with COVID, it looks like. Well, I, I'm not sure that the juror has COVID. Oh, but at least oh, was sick. She, okay, the juror called in sick and was told to take a COVID test, and I believe, at least initially, tested negative. Okay, um, and we don't know that Haba has um, COVID because if she does, she acted. Oops. Oh, hello. Hello, Jill Weinbanks. Uh oh. I didn't see her leave, though. Where have you gone? What has this happened? I don't know. Oh, dear. Oh, no. All right, let's try to get... (laughs) She was in mid-sentence there about... uh, Yeah, so it is back on for... uh, Oh, there she is. Oh, there you go. There you are. Okay, we lost you, Jill. Go ahead. Say say again. Okay, where did I cut out? (laughs) Beginning of the sentence. The very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) About what's happening with the E. Jean Carroll trial. And, yeah. Okay, so uh, what I said, uh, just to summarize, was... Number one, the juror called in sick and was told not to come in and to test for COVID. As best I understand it, the juror tested negative. Um, But then E. Jean Carroll's lawyer said, well, we can proceed with eight jurors. We only need six for a civil trial, and we had nine, so let's go ahead. And then, of course, Habas said no, which is probably because today is the New Hampshire primary, having nothing to do with health because she also said 
that she wasn't feeling well. But she was sitting next to Donald Trump, a man of an age where COVID is a serious risk. Mm -hmm. And she and he were whispering into each other's ears, which bring the risk of transmission higher than they would have been otherwise. So she was placing him at risk by being there if indeed she felt ill. But in any event, they're complaining about the delay, except that they're the ones who asked for it, not E.G. Carroll. Yeah. So now, obviously, uh, Trump blasted out a series of demeaning posts about E.G. Carroll. Not, I, I think I lost count, Jill. Yeah. Uh, he posted dozens of screenshots uh, of Carroll tweeting about sex-related topics or jokes, along with right-wing blog posts questioning her motives, character, and sanity. I mean, is this not just running up the bill? Am I missing something? This is insane that, that it, only the judge decides, right? And so he... Right. First yeah. of all, you never miss anything, so we oh, can put you. that aside thank for you, sure. Josh. Thank you, Jim. Uh, but yeah, he, he over 40 times mentioned her name in a negative frame that only will raise the damages that the jury assesses because he keeps on doing it. And when they are asked to award punitive damages, the qu- question will be, how much money will it take to stop him? And He's just showing that nothing has stopped him so far. Five million certainly didn't. And the 12 million that's requested was for compensatory damages to make her whole, to allow her to hire people to re um, Im- to improve her reputation online as a result of his harmful statements. Anything else would be to make him stop it so that he doesn't do it again. So it, it's, it's ridiculous. And the... Um, the, the jury is going to hear about all that in closing arguments and maybe even in evidence in the trial. So I think he's only doing himself damage, as he did when he testified in depositions at the fraud trial that he's actually a billionaire and that he has more money than anybody knows because in order to hurt someone, you know, if you take an average middle-income earner and you say $12 million, well, of course, that's beyond their reach and would kill them. Right. But for someone who's a billionaire, twelve million is nothing. It won't yeah. hurt him. That's hilarious. So, so they can use his testimony in the other trial about how rich he is. Yeah. <laughs> in right. his trial, correct? Right. Against him, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> um, also, so now Jill, I'm maybe confused. There is a jury, but it's only it's a bench trial. So it, it's only the judge ultimately, isn't it, that decides that? Again, he's already been ruled guilty, right? This is just the amount of damages. Can you explain? Well, yes. Um, It is a jury trial on damages. The issue of liability was decided by the judge on legal motions. And part of this was also decided in the first trial because when you have an issue that is litigated between the same parties, and here you had Donald Trump and E. Jean Carroll, and you had a jury who decided that he did sexually assault her, he did lie about her, he knew he was lying, he was guilty of defaming her, and therefore he was uh, ordered to pay her $5 million in damages. So that was a jury verdict. This is similarly the same judge, the same, uh, a different jury of nine people, right. and, uh, which may be re- reduced to eight. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it it is up to the jury to determine the amount of damages. The bench trial is in the fraud case where Judge Angeron okay. decided before the trial the liability 
based, again, on the law was clear and there was no disputed facts. And then he heard evidence on a couple of additional, the major charge of right. fraud so, was decided, but there are some other charges. So, Jill, he's go- Trump is supposed to testify when this resumes on Wednesday. I know one expert said this is Lewis Kaplan. He's been on the bench for 30-plus years, and boy, does he control his courtroom. He doesn't allow dramatics, any chaos. He will warn anybody out of line. We already found this last week with Trump. If necessary, he'll shut him down. If absolutely necessary, he will have a person removed from the courtroom. Because, you know, they're saying the same thing. You can't make a political speech. Well, you know Trump can't help himself, can't control himself. So what what is he what's going to happen do you think with his testimony? He probably won't testify. Oh, he won't. Okay. <laughs> probably what will happen. Um he's he has no reason and he has no excuse now because it's not today and he was going to otherwise say, "Well, I have to be in New Hampshire and that and so I couldn't testify today." Well, that's not going to be an excuse. I don't see any benefit to him from testifying. He is an uncontrolled and uncontrollable witness and he will likely do himself severe harm if he testifies and will be subject to expert cross-examination by uh, Roberta Kaplan who is an outstanding lawyer and is doing a very good job in this case as she did in the earlier case and in other cases where she has been involved. So I, I think he's met his match in Roberta Kaplan and in Judge Kaplan, who is not related to Roberta Kaplan. By the way, have you ever heard a lawyer like Alina Hava say, uh, I would rather be pretty than smart because I can fake smart? (laughs) (laughs) No, but even worse, I've never heard a a, um, lawyer say to the judge in the case that she is arguing, I don't like being talked to that way. Not be spoken to. In response to his saying, I've already ruled on that motion, sit down. So... It's it's just astounding, and as is Donald Trump's behavior in that case as well. I mean, Mm. his muttering about this is a con job, just loud enough for the jury to hear. It's it's absurd, but really, I think the most absurd of all is Hava saying, "Don't talk to me that way. I don't like (laughs) Like, being addressed." She's never even watched a courtroom show, but okay. Can I just (laughs) take a shallow moment to say you're pretty and smart? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) let's. (laughs) Finally, I (laughs) you know, there's two headlines. Trump trial delays already mean almost impossible to sentence him before election, according to an expert. And then A.G. Garland, Trump election crimes trial needs to be speedy. I mean, I think we have always felt this tick tock, haven't we? Um, There is one, uh, you know, expert says there's still time for trials. But he said even if found guilty, Trump will be a free man when the election comes. He said there's no real chance of Trump being in prison before November if he is found guilty. Right now, the J6 trial in Washington, D.C. is still set to begin March 5th. But pretrial hearings have been put on hold until Trump's appeal that he should be immune from prosecution. Um, if that appeal is unsuccessful, there's still time to, for the trial to happen by November. What is all your take on all this, and wh- when is this immunity ruling coming, Jill? I I would hope that it's coming very soon, and I would also hope that the Fourteenth Amendment decision is coming very soon. Um, of course, courts set their own schedule, and so we don't know for sure. I can't swear when it'll come, but there is no reason for it to be delayed, and the faster it comes. Um, even if all they do is to say, well, we're still deciding it, but we lift the stay and you can go ahead with trial proceedings um, because this is a domino. If 
the March 4th trial is delayed by more than you know, a week or two, it's going to run into other trial schedules. And once that happens, the whole thing falls because right now there is enough time to handle trial one, two, three, and it'll, it'll run out. There won't be time for all of them um, before November if they don't get to it. Right now, the Georgia case is set for August, but that's based on the May trial date for Mar-a-Lago. And yeah. Judge Cannon seems to be really slow walking it deliberately. This is not an accident. And as a result, she could end up canceling the trial date for May in Florida, um, but not until late March or April. That means that if she did cancel it, Fannie Willis could have asked for that trial date instead of waiting till August. But I don't know if it's canceled in May right. that you can then go to trial much sooner than August anyway, because everybody has to have enough warning to be available for that. So it's it's really almost deliberate. Uh, yeah, of course. Playing dominoes and kicking them all down. Yep. Um, by the way, just real quick before we go, you said uh, uh, tell your members of Congress you want cameras in the court for all the Trump trials. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. talk about the Lockerbie plane crash. Uh, you know, you said we're all victims of Trump's policies and crimes and deserve to see his trials. Right. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, uh, it's, it's a big issue that everybody should be paying attention to. Who doesn't want to see the actual trial? Whether you're a Trump supporter or a Trump hater, you want to see it. And you yeah. want to be able to judge the evidence yourself, not have it filtered through a journalist. Right. You want to be able to see it. Yep. And well, I think the journalists are doing an excellent job, at least, at least those from Thanks. that I watch. Jill, we are way long because we love you so much. Uh, but the, the book is Watergate Girl. The podcast, our sisters-in-law, iGen Politics. Mm-hmm. You can see her on uh, uh, MSNBC. We love you, Jill Weinbanks. Thank you. I love you too. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Bye. See you.